Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us for another message from Res Life Holland. We hope this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus and empowers you to live the life God has for you. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. Good to see you beautiful people. If this is your first time joining us today, I just want to give you a special welcome. Thank you for coming into our Res Life Holland home. I hope you feel welcome. I hope you feel the presence of the Lord here. Um, I just am, just want to introduce myself because you probably don't recognize me or a lot of people around you, but my name is Adrian Dykstra. I'm the youth pastor here at Res Life Holland. Amen. Uh, our pastor, our senior pastors, Josh and Emily Vanderklok are actually on a weekend getaway this weekend. So they empowered me and gave me the privilege of opening the word up with you this morning, which I am so jacked about. I'm so excited to do. Um, but if you are visiting, I'm going to be at the exits on the way out from the church after service. I would love to connect with you and just get to meet you. That's one of my favorite things to do. And if you're from the house, I can't tell you how often it is that I just get excited to see your faces. I mean that. It's just awesome. Maybe I don't see you throughout the week. Some of you I do, but that I get to see you on a Sunday morning. Steve, I haven't seen you in a while, man. You've been out and doing ministry. That's awesome. This is just uh, brings me so much joy to be here with you all. Well, um, something incredible that worship does is that it just magnifies God. And it just draws our attention to him. I think the hardest parts of my life are when I'm self-centered. When I'm focused so much on maybe my fear or my anxiety or my mountains and all these different things. And then all of a sudden the Lord will break through. He'll break through in a really special moment and I'll just get this like awakening and I'm just like, oh my goodness. God, you are so big. You're so much greater than all of these things. I'm so sorry. I've been trying to do it without you. And uh, I heard a song yesterday at work, and uh, I just wanted to share a couple of the lyrics with you because, man, it just grabbed me out of where I was and just was focused completely on him. But it's from the song Not Today by Hillsong United. It was a remix version, so there's some awesome bass going on, and I'm just like, yeah, dude, God, God. Um, but this is the line I just want to share with you guys. This is from our perspective to Jesus. And it says, tell me, did the enemy panic when you took up that cross? Tell me, did the darkness cry mercy when you rolled back that rock? And I'm just like, did the enemy panic when you took up that cross, God? I might be feeling anxious, but I know who's even more scared. And that's the devil. Because guess where his head is? It's underneath the foot of Jesus. He's got nothing on us because of what Christ did for us on the cross. So we get to identify with that victory now. We get to stand in a place where we're not in the corner. We are in the middle of the ring and we're able to keep up, not because of our own strength, but because of the one who lives in us. And I'm just so thankful for that, guys. I'm so thankful. So this morning, um, as I was seeking the Lord of what do you want to share with your people? You know, uh, I love how the Lord speaks to us. Again, it's amazing that the author of life, that he, we get to hear his voice. And his word is a promise that his sheep hear his voice. So all of you, I just want you to know that if you've been struggling lately to hear the voice of God, um, there, can be, there can be some factors in life that might be pretty loud but the Lord's voice is even louder. And I just want to encourage you to just keep digging, keep running, because the promise that's ours is that we hear his voice. 
And so I was just doing my best to hear the Lord's voice and to be led by him and what this morning looked like. And as I was reading the word, I kept coming across these scriptures that just had to do with the love of God. And that is my favorite thing in the whole wide world, God's love. And there was something even more specific to it because it wasn't just God's love. It was the love we are meant to extend to our brothers and sisters, not just in Christ, but to everyone. And now this might seem elementary, and it is. This is something you learned one of the first days of Sunday school, if you you grew up in Sunday school. It was love your neighbor, right? You share, you take care of those around you. But the cool thing about revisiting those foundational truths is that the Lord will just take you deeper. And even though you graduated from elementary school, now you get to just go that much farther in that revelation and understanding of God's love and the love you're meant to have to your brethren. Because something that's bothered me so much, especially in the last couple of years, um, is seeing brothers and sisters in Christ that it's all too easy. I'm saying easy. Like it's not even hard for them to just slander someone. And I'm just like, what? Like it shouldn't be easy. Like at least there should be something pushing against you. The Holy Spirit should be loud inside you saying, whoa, whoa, hold your tongue. Before you rip apart someone, that's just a person. They're not Lord. They're not King. They're just a flesh and blood, just like me and you. And that's, that's something that, that has really struck me and something that I'm like, man, I just want, I want us to be encouraged and feel that new challenge this morning that it's something my parents taught me growing up. If you don't have anything good to say, then don't say it, right? <laughs> but, but man, we have the love of God in us. You know what that love is able to do? It's able to cast out all fear. A lot of times if someone were to offend you, if someone were to cause you maybe to feel some anger stirring up in you, it's because they're the ones that are fearful. And did you know that you have the love of God in you, which has the power to cast all of that fear away? And when we are focused on him, when our attention is on the father, we're magnifying him in our life. We're not thinking about ourselves like, oh man, this person's just tearing me apart. No, no, no. We're like, man, let's, what's going on in their heart? Because they need to know the father's love. I don't care what you say to me. I'm a dead man. I'm dead to sin. So I have the love of God in me now and I get to love you. I get to actually take care of you. You might not receive it. That's okay. That's not on me. What is on me is to love you. And so we're gonna be reading plenty of scripture this morning that we are accountable to. These aren't just things that we're able to just pick up and forget once we walk out the door and just be like, that was a good, that was a really good reminder. And then someone doesn't turn their blinker on, which is, and then they, they make a turn and you're behind them and you're like, hey, thanks for the blinker, man. You know, and you just kind of tear them apart. I, I have to be careful of that. My wife, she, I'm so thankful she's by my side a lot of times. She's like, Adrian, they're just a bad driver. Like, just let them be a bad driver. But, but it is, guys, it's so important that we look at the word this morning and we let it transform us. We let it take us that much deeper into these truths of God's love and how we're meant to love other people. And the promise that happens when we build our life on his word is something I wanna read to you. And it's actually Awesome. I didn't even know that was a song we were going to read this morning, um, but we did. We, we totally sang about this this morning, but I want to read it. It's in Matthew 7, verse 24 through 29. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person 
who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. And so what's that saying is that to those who listen to his teaching and follow it, they're wise. They're the guy who won't collapse when the pressures of life come because the pressures will come, the storms will come, but you will not collapse if your life is built on his word. That's a promise right from God. But there's another side to that, something that we want to stay away from. And it says this, picking back up in verse 26, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So, as we read the word of God this morning, these are words we can build our life on. We can stake our whole life on these things. If he directs us to do this, that means he's given us everything that we need to fulfill it. Amen, Jonathan, right? That's so good. So let's dig into this, guys. This is all gonna start in Matthew 22, um, verse 37 through 40. This is our core verse. This is what we're going to be building from today. So a religious leader comes to Jesus and says, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So Jesus made it really simple for us of something to come back to, a cornerstone of our faith that we're able to revisit and say, okay, do I have my priorities in line here? Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's it today. So guys, have a great Sunday. No, this, we're gonna keep going here. We're gonna keep going. This is so exciting. Where do we go to learn how to love? We need to go to the Father. He is the author of love and he is love himself. If I need my toilet fixed in my house, I don't ask a gardener, right? If I wanna know how to garden, I don't ask electrician. That's not who I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to go to the authority and our authority is God. He is love. And he wants us to grow in this love because the love that you do, guys, listen to this, the love you receive from him or don't receive from him will be the love that you extend to your neighbor. So if something comes up out of you that you're like, whoa, where did that come from? I, I totally said something out of line there. You need to get with the Lord, your lover, the lover of your soul, and you need to be reminded of how to love and how to treat other people. There might be something going on in an area that you haven't experienced his love in yet. And it's not them. It's something that you need to go to the Father with. And he continues to stoke that fire of love for himself in you. He, he draws you into this place where you're so incandescently in love, so vibrant with love and affection for the Lord that you don't know where else to go but him. That you're like, man, I'm so full with the love of God. It is made so complete in me that I know how to love others. I know how to love myself. He is our teacher. He is our identity teacher. 
I had this picture when I was, when I was reading this verse. It would be like if you were to, to know of like 20 people that are taking this course and the professor is world-renowned. He's been everywhere. He's spoken at many venues, done TED Talks, been on the Oprah Winfrey show, whatever. Um, but he, he's just, he's really good at what he does, and he's been everywhere teaching everyone. And so this is a really prestigious opportunity these students have to learn about this topic. And I meet one of these students, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, brother, um, I heard you were taking this class. Can you tell me, like, what was it like? Share with me some, some knowledge, some things that you've been learning. And they start sharing it with me, and we talk for hours. And I'm like, wow, that's so good. Can I, get, can I get with you again? And then can we just meet regularly? Can you just show me your notes? And they're like, wait, wait, wait. The, the professor? Are we, st- are we talking about the professor? Yeah. He's your dad. And I'm like, right, 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 but... You know, sometimes we can really lean heavy into the people around us when God is just wanting to draw him into himself. And I think that's another telltale to see where your source is coming from. This is important. This is actually super, super important to come together as a body of Christ, as a family of believers. We get to keep each other accountable. We get to pick each other back up when we fall. But this isn't meant to be the end game. We're meant to have a a, a thriving relationship with the Father outside of these walls, outside of the walls of your own home. So let's be drawn into his love today and let's start learning and digging deeper into what it looks like to love the Father with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and to see how Jesus did it because that's gonna help us to be able to love others better. If what we eat and how we exercise and rest affects our physical health, And the things that we watch, we listen to, and meditate on affect our mental health. Then the engagement, the pursuit, and the quality of fellowship we're having with the Father will affect our spiritual health. And so let's look at those things today. Let's be drawn in and let's say, Father, we're going to pursue you this morning. We're going to fellowship with you, and we want to engage with you. Teach us. Let's open our hearts to him. So let's... um, Let's go back into the word. John 5, 19, Jesus is gonna show us how he loves others and how he operates in life. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Whatever the, whatever the father does, so the son does. So if Jesus was the perfect representation, the word made flesh of God. And so when we get to dig into how would the father love me though? Look at Jesus. How did he treat the people around him? What did he do when the pressures arose? What did he do when he was ripped apart, falsely accused, whipped for our sake and died on the cross for us? What did he do? What was his response? just blows my mind that on the cross and after receiving such unfair judgment, he was able to say, forgive them for they know not what they do. He set an example for us that we can't accomplish without the Lord being our source. He needs to be our source, our all in our all. There's this book that I love. It's called DNA of Relationships. It's a book by Dr. Gary Smalley. We went through it in youth group. And uh, it, it's just really helped me sometimes with just learning different tools of how to deal with conflict resolution, but also how to be healthy, 
right? All of us want to be healthy people. Um, and one of the things that he talks about, is he talks about your self-charge. Where are you plugged into for your source? Where's your outlet? If it's into someone else, then if they're having a bad day, you're also going to have a bad day. If it's plugged into something, everything on this earth has a limit, right? It will end at some point. And so once that end comes, if it's food, your joy came from that plate in front of you. Once that food's over, then how's the rest of your day going to go? If it's sleep, how much sleep do you need until you're actually going to have a great day? And then if you have bad sleep the next day, what happens then? Where are your sources? If it's entertainment, if it's media, and you continue to plug yourself into this space that's meant to give you life, I promise you it is not found there. The Lord just said to us in his word that when we build our life, our whole life on his word, we listen to his teachings and follow what it says, we will not collapse when the storms of life come. Then we can fairly know that if we build our life on anything else, we will collapse. So we need to make sure that our charge is in him. If our charge is in anything else apart from God, it's like jogging behind a smoker. And let me just unpack that for you. A couple months ago, I'm not going to say I'm this runner. I am not. I've ran twice in the past like six months. Okay, so this was a really wild day for me. I was just like, I need to go for a run. I just have so much inside. I need to blow off some steam. So I went for a run and I was probably six minutes deep. And then all of a sudden I just started smelling something weird. I was like, is that, is that like someone cut their lawn? No, that's definitely not a lawn. And I can't, I can't see anything around me. There's no like campfire. It's early in the morning, right? Why would someone have a campfire in the morning? Um, so I'm, I'm still jogging and I keep smelling this funky smell. And I'm like, that smells like, smells like smoke. I was like, oh, you know, and I, I have an end though. I can't turn around. I have somewhere I'm going. So I'm still running and I'm still smelling this thing. And I'm like, I don't see anyone around me. And there's like so much open space going on. Finally, I get to this, this other straight shot where I see someone way up ahead, still like three minutes out from my run. And I just see billows of smoke coming from, from where they were. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm trying to do the one healthy thing that I get to do uh, for my week. And I get to just breathe in just this smoke every other breath. Like it was so miserable. But I just felt like the Lord say to me, you gotta keep running. You gotta run up ahead of him. That's how you're gonna get past it. Because you have a goal. You have to be way farther over there, but this, this individual, this person's in the way. So you need to run up ahead of them. So I did. And when I did that, sure enough, the smell went away. And you wouldn't believe it, guys, but this morning I went on a walk. And I didn't have enough time to continue walking because um, I needed to be home for my wife to continue and get ready for church. And so I started running. Again, this is the second time I've ran in the last six months. <laughs> And who was in front of me? The smoker. And that's, that's okay. You know, it's not great for you, but I'm not, I'm not bagging on him. I'm just saying, he's smoking right in front of me and I gotta keep breathing this in. And the Lord was reminding me of that. And he was reminding me of this passage and just showing me, Adrian, plugging yourself into any other outlet apart from me is gonna be like running behind a smoker. You're trying to get somewhere. You're trying to do something. You're trying to build yourself up. But that's not possible to do if you're not doing it with the Lord. It's not. We can get so deep in ourselves. We can get so lost in all the self-work we have to do. But what ends up happening 
is you get so self-centered that you start to begin to think you can do it alone. And then you're looking for the next thing that, what else do I need? Okay, if this didn't work, I must be doing something wrong. Something might not be clicking. The Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you on those journeys, but he's meant to be the one to put you in that place and lead you into that place. Otherwise, he wants you to be fully focused on loving him with all your heart, soul, and strength. Because out of that relationship will flow everything else. So where is your source? What are you plugging into? We're going to keep reading here um, about Jesus in John 15, 5. He says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. So he's saying right here, I am the source. You stay connected to me. And this is the promise. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. (laughs) Wow. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. You know, I think of 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and it talks about doing all of these things. But if it's not done in love, then you would have gained nothing. You would just be like a noisy gong, right? But when we stay connected to Jesus, we are the branches, he being the vine, we will produce lasting fruit in this life. And who in here wants to produce lasting fruit? Lasting fruit. Connect to the Father. Stay connected to the vine, the source of life. In John 15, verses 9 through 13, it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Wow. So that means the love that we receive from Jesus is the love of God. He's saying he loves us with the same love. And he doesn't do anything unless he saw his father do it. So he sees God loving us and in turn perfectly exemplifies that and loves us too. And we get to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, if you did that in the Lord's strength, I can do that for others. If the Lord loves you, I need to love you because I want to be more like him. And so in those moments when the storms of life come and the pressures get harder, what do we do? We plug into our source and we seek him on the matter. We don't lean into our own understanding. We seek him on it. I'm gonna keep, keep going with that verse. It's just so good. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no question then how we're meant to love each other, right? It has to be in the same way that he has loved us. Again, a love that we have no hope in extending unless we have received that love from the Father. And he's so willing to give it. He's so willing to teach us and to show us what that love is and what it looks like. But we need to go to him as our source. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Verse 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. In Ephesians, I think 5.25, there's a beautiful chapter that talks to husbands. Husbands in the room. Okay, we got some husbands in here. This is a powerful verse. This is like what keeps me going and helps keep me stable in my marriage and shows me how I'm meant to live. But in this verse, it talks about 
um, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. He gave up his life for her. He gave up his whole life for her. Husbands, love your wives. How do I do that? Go, what, what does that even look like? As Christ loves the church. And you know the beauty about that? Is that now this isn't just the husbands on the line, but everyone in the room. Because we're the church, right? We're the church, and we're meant to do as he does. We're meant to love others and lay our life down for the other people around us. Amen. Amen. In verse 16, it says, you didn't choose us, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Guys, do you see the theme? Do you see all of this love going on? I love it. I just want to tackle someone with love, you know what I mean? Like, love, it's everywhere, It's everywhere. There shouldn't be a question of how we're meant to extend and live with the people around us. It has to be in love. And we're going to get to the nuances of that in just a little bit, right? Because I know it's not always easy. I know that there's storms that we go through. But it's important to know, okay, if this is the standard, if this is where life happens and growth and lasting fruit come from, then this is the standard. Now the nuances and the different situations we can find ourselves in, That's where we have to seek the Father on. But we're going to continue to unpack of what does love look like? So does it look like giving a kiss to everyone you see? Mm, Probably not a great idea. So if you get out of here and I start hearing all these news articles like Res Life Holland sending everyone out to kiss people, like that's just not, don't hear that from me this morning. And it it certainly isn't tackling people with the love of God. Like we need to to draw in our borders here. We can see it in the life of Christ and we see it through his service to the people around him. I remember seeing this, um, this uh, I'll call it a meme, but it really wasn't a meme, but it was this picture of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. And the question on the picture was, what would you do if you had 24 hours to live? And it really convicted me. Because if I had 24 hours to live, would it look like service to others? Or would I be looking for every opportunity to do something again for myself. He washed the feet of his disciples. And to the end, he expressed this servitude that's impossible to do, disconnected from the vine. You might be thinking, bro, I'm just, I'm just needing to open a door for someone, okay? I'm not talking about washing people's feet right now. The Lord, he works with us, right? He works with us and he leads us one step at a time. Maybe it's smile, Smile, just muster a smile to someone today. Be kind, do it genuinely. And you'll be surprised if you continue on that path, what might happen at the end of a year's time. Actually, could you throw up a couple pictures for me? Did you, um, it's the, no pictures, right? Okay, yeah, cool, we don't, it's okay. I, uh, I took this picture on a, on a walk and it was this two, these two little blades of grass and they found their way through concrete through straight up asphalt. Like I couldn't believe it. These two blades of grass were just like poking up through the stone. How does that happen? Oh, there it is. That's my finger. Look how tiny this is. Are you kidding me? If a blade of grass can get through stone, you can learn to love your neighbor. That's possible. If that's possible, come on. Imagine what the Lord can do in your heart. Because I would have said that's impossible. And you know how that happened? 
that happened one day of growth at a time. There wasn't just a seed planted and just popped up through the stone. It took time. It made it through, though. And it might take time for you, but the Lord's patient, and he is kind and loving, and he will walk with you every step of the way. So let's break through that, that stone in our life. Let's do it with the Father. You know, um, when it comes to loving other people and serving, it can be as easy as praying for someone. And this is not just something that if you have an evangelistic bent and you just want to spread the gospel, it's not just for, for someone like that. This is for people that are sons and daughters of God. Okay, we're accountable to that because we have the love of God living inside of us. And if someone doesn't know God, then we get to be a part of drawing them into that space of knowing God's love. But I can't tell you how many times I've just seen people wrecked by a moment of obedience that took 30 seconds of just praying for someone. I remember specifically, I think I was coming home from a mission trip and there was this woman and she was crying, but she was really fighting it. Like something had just happened in her life where I was at an airport and um, I still remember what she was wearing, this like leopard coat and she had her bag and she was just like up against the wall and kind of like sitting against it. And like everyone was just walking by. They were just walking. Like you can see this woman is visibly distressed and no one stopped. And I'm probably like 17, 16. And I'm just like bright neon clothes. I was just into some really weird fashion stuff. And I was just like, ma'am, I was like, is everything okay? I was wondering if I could pray for you. And she said, that's wild that you could recognize a sister in Christ. And she said, I'd love that. And I got to pray for her. And I don't know what happened afterwards, right? But it's in those moments where the Lord is like, keep your eyes open. If you're hungry, if you're hungry to be an extension of the body of Christ, he will give you plenty of opportunities to be a body. He'll give you plenty of opportunities to be his voice and be his hand on someone's life. And it just takes dying to self in that moment, right? Not being self-centered, being Christ-centered and just being like, Lord, use me. That took a minute and a half, two minutes. We can do it. Let's keep going though. In Matthew 5, verses 43, so I want to make sure I'm not cutting up ahead. Okay, I'm good. In Matthew 5, verses 43 through 47, no, I definitely skipped a little bit here. That's okay. Well, let's dig into this anyways. This is talking about teaching love for your enemies. So we're starting to get into extending that love, right? If we're going to the Father as our identity teacher and he's showing us how to love through his son, this is another awakening moment. This is another moment that he draws the lines very clear, okay? In our day and age, this is what we're accountable to. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children, of your Father in heaven. This is just another example, guys. You will be acting as true children of, of your Father in heaven. That means that there was a relationship, there was a learning time there where you were learning things from your Father to be able to extend that love to your enemy. Love your, love your enemy and pray for those that persecute you. For he gives this sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and unjust alike. 
If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Man, it's not, it's not enough. And I, I, okay, I really don't want you guys to walk away thinking it's works. I don't want you walking away again thinking that, that it's all about then my actions and how I treat people and at the end I'll be able to face, be face with face with Jesus and be like, oh, but look how I treated everyone. It's not that, it's the, it's the heart. Okay, if we revisit 1 Corinthians 13 where it talked about doing all these grand things for people and, and for the kingdom, but if you don't have love, then it means nothing. So the difference between someone who says, I love you, and someone who says, I love you, is the heart, right? Because one person could absolutely not mean it. They might be just doing it out of obligation. Oh, I heard all these other people say they love you. I love you too, man. You know what I mean? Is there any sacrifice there? Is there any servitude there? Is there any understanding there of why you're meant to love them? And then the difference between that person and the other one is that they are walking with the Lord, learning from their father and wanting to do as Christ did, laying his life down for those around us, right? Serving those around us, loving them. The impact of his word in someone else's life can be life and death. The impact of his word moving through you into someone else's life can be life and death to someone. I mentioned earlier that the love of God has the ability to cast out all fear. Fear does wild things. And I've, I've learned just that emotions like anxiety, for instance, if you're very, very anxious, you're probably not thinking rationally. And you're going to get more and more distance from logic the more and more anxious you get. Fear does the exact same thing. The more fearful you get, the more panicked you get. The more distance you are from reality. But when you hold tight to the Father, he's able to be the ground that you can stand on and you will not collapse. So imagine having that truth so deep in your heart, so deep in your heart that you're able to bring that foundation to someone else. They're hanging off on the side of a cliff and you're like, hey, I have good news for you. You don't have to live here. That the sin that you're feeling in your life has been paid for by a man named Jesus. Let me teach you of who he is. And he will be your firm foundation, the rock on which you stand. When you let his truth go so deep into your life being your foundation, you're able to bring that foundation to someone else. Something else that happens um, is that nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? Nothing in heaven or in hell, angels nor demons, nothing can separate us from God's love. Now, what if you're the only one in the room that knows that? You get to bring that to the people around you. That's what he calls us. He calls us, so he called himself first the light, the light of the world. And then he calls us the light of the world because it's better that I go, he says, and leave with you the comforter, the counselor. 
I'm gonna leave with you my spirit while I go prepare a place for you. So now you might be the only one in the room that has the light of the world living in you, but when there's light, there can be no darkness. There's no separation between us and him now because we've been set free from sin. And imagine if you allowed that word to take root so deep in your life that you're able to bring that truth to someone else. Hey, I can see that you're full of fear or I can see that you, you feel you have no ground to stand on. I've got good news for you. In God, there's nothing that can separate you from his love. You might th- think that you're too far gone. Well, you're not. Because he says in his word that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. At our absolute worst, that's who he died for. And he also says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Imagine that. Imagine that you had nothing to offer. At a moment where you had nothing to offer but your worst, and he's just like, I want you, buddy. And I want to change your life. I want you to see for yourself who I made you to be. Guys, we're meant to do that and bring that truth to other people. But you need to be reminded who you are in the Father. Because I'm not acting like fear doesn't knock at your door. Temptation doesn't knock at your door. Maybe saying something you didn't mean to say or doing something you didn't mean to do that those moments don't happen because they happen. But our hope and our firm foundation is that we get to get back up. And that we get to stand on the word of God knowing full well that nothing can separate me from you, Father, because of what you did for me on the cross, Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through him. 1 Peter 2.1. We're gonna wrap up with just a, a few different practical steps of loving our neighbor. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Just do it. Just get rid of it. Just be done with it. Oh, I'm actually done to that. Hey, bro, want to try some gossip? You got to try some of this, dude. Uh, No, I'm actually done with that. I'm all done. I'm done with deceit. I'm done with unkind speech because that's not who I am. I cannot be tempted in that area. My opa, a man I never got to meet here, but I can't wait to meet in heaven, um, told my mom one time, who told me, that he encouraged her to kill people with kindness. Kill them with kindness. How outrageous would that be if that's how we treated the people around us all the time? How would that wreck a city? How would that bring revival to your family if you just decided today, I'm done with unkind speech. If I gotta go and take a jog behind a smoker, I'll do it. I'll just do it. But run ahead of him, right? Because he's why you stay there. Just be done with unkind speech. This is a promise he says to all Christians in 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through 12. It says, finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with, is, with, with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Kill them with kindness. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life, who here wants to enjoy life? And see many happy days. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. 
Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Pay them back with a blessing. That should be on a shirt. I'm gonna make that shirt someday. Pay them with, with a blessing. First Peter 4, verses seven through nine, we're gonna close with this. The end of the world is coming soon. I promise, this is a good verse. That's like very like, whoa, that's pretty dramatic. And the world's coming soon. It is, it is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. And for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Amen. I have a few questions, um, and then I'm going to pray for us. Are you actively cultivating your heart and stirring your affections for God? In hearing Jesus' words that we read today, how does it affect you to love others? It needs to affect you. The affection, I pray, is that it causes you to be transformed by these words to love others deeply. What's a small thing you can do today that will bring you into even better alignment in the love you have with God and the love you have for others? Let me pray for you guys. Father, we thank you for your love. I pray, Lord, that in reading these scriptures, you say in your word that your, your word is alive and active. It's an active thing. It's, just not, it's not just reading words on a page. So I pray, Lord, and I agree with your word that your word never returns void. And I pray that it continues to bounce around in our hearts and in our minds throughout the week and the rest of our life, that we are called to a higher standard of treating others around us. And that, Lord, that we love others and we extend that love richly, Lord, and generously Show us, Lord, where boundaries need to be made in love. Show us, Lord, how we can love ourselves too. And I just trust you, Holy Spirit, to, to be teaching us in all of our um, situations that we all find ourselves in. Teach us what our role is in the circumstances that we face. Help us to dig deep into your love, Lord, and build our life on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.